And I think it also speaks to one of those other little blocks that the inner critic will put up that stop us from going into a creative experience is this thing around productivity. Um, of a lot of a lot of us have the story that we've been given by maybe our parents, our teachers, society at large that art is fluff and you should really focus on more serious things, uh, or you can never make a living being an artist. Um, so there's two ways to go about that of working with the productivity programming. One is the undoing of it of like, you know what, I don't have to be productive all the time. But there's also a way of that doesn't always really get the job done because it's it's quite stubborn. Um, so I like to work with it and be like, trick it into into seeing that actually I'm being very productive by leaning into my soft, creative, emotional, nonlinear side. Because when I go scribble on the ground, when I really should be getting that thing done for a client who I have a deadline on Friday, an idea comes through that makes what I'm going to deliver to them way more powerful. Or if I think I need to be finishing up one project or sending an email, but my body is asking for a nap or to just lay down and read for a little bit, I'm recharged and I'm able to just provide so much more. Um, so tricking ourselves into seeing that these things that have been labeled as unproductive are actually so necessary to the process and have a lot to do with the quality of what comes through versus just a quantity, which we're kind of trained for, unfortunately. Inspired by nature and actioned by change, the New Earth Business Podcast brings you slow, sustainable, scalable business advice, controversial conversations, and sacred medicine stories. Listen in as I chat with global change makers and creative visionaries to help you turn your passion into purpose and your business visions into earth abundance. Dear New Earth business owners, creative visionaries, leaders, eco-conscious entrepreneurs, you are so welcome here. I created this space so we could have conversations with people who are living and breathing New Earth business. I, over the past couple of months, I've been interviewing lots of different entrepreneurs about their personal journey, the ups, the downs, the wins, the fails. It's really helped me to get clear also on what I'm doing and where I'm going with, with my business. So I know that these conversations, these stories, these reflections are, are so positive for me and they're really helping me have a greater impact in my work. I know that they're going to have a greater impact helping you with what you do. So grab your headphones, cup of tea. If you're driving, then crank it up and let's dive into today's episode. So I'm interviewing an amazing woman called Amy Law we met through um, the Soho House app and even though we didn't know each other very well when we <laughs> had our call and recorded this podcast, by the end I felt so close to Amy and I definitely feel like she's become a, one of those sisters that I would I want in my circle of, of local sisters. 
it's interesting, isn't it, when we let ourselves be vulnerable and we let ourselves really go deep into our why that we become so connected to to somebody. I know that you listening to this podcast, you may start to feel like I'm a voice a voice in your ear, a a, a friend that's on the other side of the um of the whatever speaker you're listening to me on. I know with the people that I listen to on podcast, I honestly start to dream about them and feel like they are in my circle of friends. And I think what I'm getting at here is what this podcast enables me to do is just create deep connection, not only with the people that I'm interviewing, but with my listeners as well. And it really, really does help that if you are listening on iTunes, you can scroll down to the bottom of the podcast section where my podcast is, leave us a review. It helps to get it seen by other entrepreneurs, other people that are trying to create new earth businesses. And if you're listening on Spotify, five star and send it to a friend. So in this episode, Amy talks about creating her book, The Sun at Midday, and for any of you budding authors out there, she's going to give you some tips and hacks on how to just start. I was definitely feeling like the student at this point when she was telling me, I have a dream to one day create a book. Who knows what it's going to be about, but I feel like I'm definitely in the research period at the moment. Amy also has this really beautiful, I almost want to say fae-like energy. It's an uplifting conversation. I know some of these topics that we touch on in New Earth Business, they can be quite heavy and quite full. And I think this is totally the opposite. It's framed in this positive, not toxic positivity, but this hopeful light of where we're going with New Earth Business and where where we can take it when we trust in our own radical creativity. And I think Amy is doing just that. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the New Earth Business Podcast. Today I have a very special episode in store. I am interviewing Amy Law. She is a creativity mentor, an author, a podcaster, an artist, a web designer, and a brand strategist. Now, this is what you call a true multi hyphenate. <laughs> you are a reflection of myself. I too have many, many names after my name. <laughs> and um, something that I pulled from your website that I thought was really beautiful to introduce you. I'm just going to read it here. It says, this is something you, that you've written. It is my intention to hold space a space of nourishment and inspiration in everything I do. I believe that we are all an expression of love and I am devoted to doing my part to help all of us cultivate and radiate the true beauty within. Thank you, sister, for showing us the beauty way. This feels really, really, really strong and just popped out at me on your website. It really brings everything together. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Emma. I'm so happy to be here. And thank you for yeah pulling that out. I kind of forget that that's there, although it's sitting at the top of my website, like a little fortune cookie. Um, so it was really great to receive my words through you. And I think that little bit just gets at 
this concept of, um, I've been reading a book by Mark Nepo lately, and he calls that light within the seed of light within all of our hearts. And it's, it's there within everyone and it takes the right nourishment and environment and, uh, courage for that seed to sprout into something. But that feels a lot like the journey that I'm on and that I'm continually fascinated by is, what is that seed of light going to grow into? So I love that. Love love sharing that here with you. Mm, yes, I feel that too. And the seeds are such a beautiful metaphor for everything, for, for all of our work. And I believe in this business coaching branding world that we're both in, when we can really look to to nature to, to drive that force, that um kind of contained energy that we have within to then blossom out there is just a really yeah it's a it's a beautiful metaphor to start with so thank you now what I would like to know because we're we're kind of new friends aren't we we have connected through the shop the Soho House app (laughs) and um yeah, like you said, you've been connecting with lots of people from the UK. I've been connecting with lots of people stateside. So it's it's really interesting how, how these weavings happen, but I am open to all of it. And as much as I can learn from, from your website, from your book, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know that much about you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go in with the question of where were you born and where did you like grow up as a child and how do you feel that your environment and your parents shaped your life now this is a big question <laughs> so so go in with a story start where feels good and uh, and we'll take it from there I love this because this could go two directions of like storytelling or therapy, (laughs) but we're going to go with storytelling. Um, So I was born in Austin where I live now, which is so funny because when I meet people, Austin's a very booming city, especially during COVID. A lot of people have moved here and it's become kind of this sacred spring, this refuge for people. They come here and they feel like they can finally be themselves. It's, it's a, there's some kind of vortex magic here that's really pulling people in. Um, but so that means that most of the people who live here have moved here in the past three to 10 years. It's a very, very quickly growing city. So when I tell people in Austin that I'm from here, they call us unicorns because we're that (laughs) rare. <laughs> um, but I think it also, you know, we're, we're unicorns in, in other sorts of ways and that just growing up in Austin, it's, um, I mean, I, Emma, I would love to hear what you think of when you hear Texas, like, what do you imagine? What comes um, to mind? I think I'm thinking of the cheerleading series on, on Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, which I loved. <laughs> Ex gymnast <laughs> over here, so I get it. I get that training regime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So people think like big hair, cowboys, um, tumbleweeds rolling, right? But Austin's kind of like this uh, hippie, athletic tech bubble within the center of the rest of Texas. So it's it's kind of like the um, irreverent stepchild type of thing. Um, so growing up here, our, our city phrase is keep Austin weird. And that felt very true for me growing up. I would, um, there was this one homeless man named Leslie who would uh, dress up in drag and that was just like his thing. So I would be driving to school and see, oh, there's Leslie in a cheetah thong or there's Leslie in a wedding <laughs> dress. Um, so just little things like that, where there was just 
kind of funky things happening and people were just being their weird selves. So I think that really impacted me and just seeing weird as an awesome thing, not seeing weird as like a, a downfall. Uh, so embracing one's quirks and finding interesting things in just the way that we express ourselves. Um, and Austin is also, there's, there's this creek that runs through the city, um, Barton Creek, and there's, there's plenty of creeks and there's a river, but it, it weaves through and there's a green belt full of trails all around um, the creek. And then it ends at this amazing spring fed swimming pool called Barton Springs, where I now spend most of my time. And that feeds into the Colorado river. Um, so that there's something about that Creek that I've been really drawn to as an adult, but it feels like the soul of the city is really centered there. And what I love about Austin and what keeps me here is that nature is so accessible. I can drive five minutes and be in the woods and not see anybody, but there's also the city right there. Um, so growing up in Austin and, and returning here after a bit of travels has felt really special. I just feel like all sides of me are really held by this, like the part of me that needs to go um, build a fort in the woods <laughs> by myself while I sing. Um, and the part of me that wants to go down to Soho House and have a bougie little drink and meet fun people is like that part of me is nourished too. That's that's amazing. And I am not surprised that you are, well, it shows in the work that you create and, yeah. and through through what you're writing as well. It's like you've had these deep roots in self-acceptance in that in that kind of weirdness, in the in the creativeness that comes out in you. And um what is, yeah, what is it with Austin at the moment? Because I think every single podcaster that I follow has in the last five years slowly moved to Austin. Yeah. <laughs> so there is there is a real portal there right now. Yeah, we're becoming a bit of a vortex. And I'm realizing now as I'm speaking out onto a podcast and being a irresponsible Austinite, there's kind of this thing of like, don't move here. So <laughs> I'm talking it up. So I should um, preface this by saying, don't move here. <laughs> I mean, I think there are enough other podcasters out there that are just talking about how great it is anyway. And right. I'm it's sure it's I in the air. It's past, it's past the point of return. But also at the same time, like I've met so many amazing people who have moved here. So I feel, I feel super positive about the changes but it is cool to just just be in this space and in the community you're holding down the space of this is a nest that is really welcoming people home from other places where i mean texas in general we're very friendly here we if we pass on the street like we're gonna say hi or maybe howdy <laughs> um, so when i go and visit other places and people won't make eye contact with me i'm like what's happening <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a bit of a shock similar to to somerset where i am that it's welcoming everyone we, we've moved to a tiny little village here with only a hundred people and everyone's neighbors and everyone's so welcoming but the thing that I like about it is that everyone kind of keeps themselves to themselves in a way so you're in your own bubble but when you want to go out and make those connections mm -hmm. you can it's not like people peering at you through the curtains right. no that sounds yeah. really nice and then so with your your parents, were they always quite nurturing of your creative gifts? Yeah, I would say they they were. I as a child, I was very expressive and artistic. I would make my family sit down and watch me dance to Britney Spears like the whole CD. <laughs> 
Um, they definitely indulged that. Um, and I would say on my own, I kind of had a distancing from my innate creative self when I was like fourth, fifth, sixth grade, something around that age. There's, um, it seems like maybe it's with the hormone shifts, but there's something in me that shifted of like, I want to be more a part of the group. And it feels like everyone in the group is doing different things. Um, they're not doing dance class. They're not in choir. They're not doing these kind of things. So I, I did, there was a, a moment of abandoning there that happened and I didn't really return to my creative self for probably a decade, but it was actually really sweet to have that moment of return. And that's, that is kind of one of the best feelings in this lifetime is the remembrance of like, oh yeah, that's it. And that is so connected to the spiritual journey for me too. Mm, it's, you're just echoing my journey right there. Dance class, choir. And then <laughs> it was, and then people were like, why are you going to choir? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And then it was the, the abandonment of self yeah, and the coming back around in later life. Now, what I'm interested in is have where did the writing come in? You're a beautiful writer. You take people on a journey. When did you know you wanted to become a writer? And how did you, your book, The Sun at Midday, come to fruition? Yeah, so all of that kind of happens in one fell swoop. I would say, I um. I I went to UT Austin after graduating high school, and then I took some time off to go live in Hawaii. Um, and that's what my my book is based on. And I, I spent uh, about a year, year and a half out of school. And then when I went back to school, I switched majors to be a religious studies major in the liberal arts school. So it was very... Um, lots of projects and papers rather than tests and assessments and facts and figures. Uh, so that experience opened up the door and kind of loosened me into the power of writing and how we can develop ideas and express them in an impactful way. So that really kind of set the stage for me. Uh, but right around that same time, as I was wrapping up with my degree, I started getting this little inkling, thinking about the experiences I had a few years back in Hawaii. And I was like, wow, like that could really be a book. And I even had this thought while I was in Hawaii, but I was way too immersed in it. I think as as writers, it often, if we're writing about our own experience, uh, it can take a little bit of time and separation to get that perspective. And it's almost like letting things compost. Um, mm-hmm. It takes time for whatever happened there to become fertile soil for us to work with. Um, So the composting had happened and I was beginning to feel some seeds sprouting with it. Uh, And the way that I describe an idea when it comes in is it's, it's kind of like this thing that taps you on the shoulder and is like, Hey, you want to dance with me? (laughs) Um, And, and you get to choose, you get to say yes or no. Um, But it's uh, if you don't at least try, it might be one of those things that kind of haunts you if you don't go for an idea. Um, So I started working with this idea while I was wrapping up my degree. And uh, the book started as just an outline that just kept growing and growing. Um, And so that was that felt like a master's degree going into the project of writing the book. And I grew so much as a writer through that process. Uh, And I think that knowing that this was going to be something in print in people's hands, something that would is in in a sense kind of immortal. Like it can, it can go on. Um, I wanted to really do an amazing job and I wanted to learn as much as I could about uh, sharing, sharing the story that I felt really passionate about 
Mm -hmm. um, in a, in a powerful way. So that was like a boot camp for sure. <laughs> and then through that journey, I learned how powerful and healing and, um, just beautiful the journey of writing can be. So I've become, uh, a devotee of it since. Yeah. Can you give us a little synopsis about the book? Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, it's that year in my life, I am, um, I actually dropped out of college for a bit and I, I went to Hawaii and I had the most magical summer there where it was um, this corner of the island that's not very developed. It's very jungly and raw. So I was living very immersed in nature. And even for about a month of that, I was, uh, I didn't, I was technically homeless <laughs> in the sense that I didn't have a place where I was residing, but we would go camp in the forest reserve or end up crashing on someone's couch after a party or go down to the valley and, and go for a, a trip. Um, so we were just very immersed in nature and would wake up and go pick fruit off the trees and we would cook dinner over the fire kind mm. of thing. And there's an amazing community connection there where everyone was leaning in towards the same things of feeling connected to one another, feeling connected to the rhythms of nature. Um, so I had a really magical summer that was a, a bright light for me and really shone. I feel like it turned on my inner lights. Um, and then that was followed by a series of kind of dark night moments where that, that light had flicked on and I realized, oh, there's some shadowy things in here to work through. There's, um, there's some things about me that aren't going to make it to this next round of software updates <laughs> essentially. Um, so in that, in that kind of low place where I was feeling a bit lost between who I'd been and who I was becoming, I ended up at, in the same part of the island at this community property with about 15 tiny homes, totally off-grid, water catchment, solar power. And that community was started by this man, Wit, who is one of the main characters beside myself in the book. Um, and he was one of the first hippies of the counterculture movement. So in the late 1960s, he jumped out of society and had been living his whole life outside of the mainstream, uh, again, leaning towards those same ideals of community connection, authentic relating, um, living closer to nature with in reverence to nature and getting to know one's own soul and doing, doing the growth and the work that comes with that. I have a quote from him that I'd just like to pull out oh, and pop yeah. in here because it feels it. like it's flowing. So I, I, this is in a conversation that you had with him. He mm -hmm. says, well, my aim here, talking about the community, mm. well, my aim here is certainly to be more than a landlord, Uncle Witt said. This is a conscious community. It's my intention to shelter and guide those who find their way here. Those who carry the same dreams of how we could live more harmoniously on planet Earth. He was building a new way of living from the ground up, fortified by its fertile volcanic soil. Hawaii was the place where Wit brought his vision to life. Hawaii felt like the obvious choice to me, he said. Mm, I love that. I kind of forgot about that little section. So I'm so glad you brought it back up. Um, yeah, it was absolutely fertile soil. So the and it, it's amazing to see the people that kind of come together there. Uh, so the book is largely a collection of his stories throughout his life um, that, and then my experience of receiving those stories and how it 
guided me through my own journey. So lots of storytelling, um, which I love. I learned so much through storytelling and I just feel like a little kid sitting on the carpet watching the teacher tell a story, right? It's like such a great feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, and I, I wanted to transmit the wisdom that came through, through those experiences, but do it in a way that wasn't like a textbook of follow steps one through three for enlightenment or whatever. I just, I just want to tell stories. Amazing. So how did you get into your creative process for writing this book? Did you have a format that you kind of followed? How how did it work? Yeah. So as you said, it started with an outline that just got more and more filled out. Um, and then I, for a, for a bit, I was working with auditors um, and they gave me some really powerful feedback. That's something that it, what I learned about the creative process in that moment is the way that our our creative endeavors can impact our personal journey greatly because the feedback that I got was that um, in the beginning of the story, which is very much changed at this point, um, I was telling my own personal story from kind of a victim mindset of like, oh, poor me, I had this happen to me and blah, blah, blah. And it was coming through in the manuscript. Um, so the the editors had the the courage and soulful kindness to, to say that because they, it was in their interest for the, for the book to be the best that it could be. So, mm-hmm. um, that became something that it not only transformed my art to make that shift, but it also made me look at in my life, like, where am I telling that story about me as a victim? And I realized that having a victim mindset is a really uninteresting place to create from. You can't really create powerful things if you're in a, oh, woe is me. Um, I, I'm not responsible for what's happened to me kind of mindset. Whereas, I mean, there's there are plenty of tragedies that happen in our life that um, we are not directly responsible for, but mm-hmm. owning that like, this was my experience and what are the gifts of this and mm-hmm. how can I how can I shift around this? Mm, that's really beautiful. Thank you for bringing that up. And yeah. something that I've been through myself recently, one of my, I had dinner for New Year's Eve round at my house here and, um, we all shared our intentions and one of my intentions was to stop with the poor me stop with the, <laughs> stop with the whinging and uh yeah I've made I've definitely feel like I've I've put a cap on that I de- when my health wasn't so great at the end of last year I I'd got into this kind of habit of being like oh you know I'm never gonna get better I'm never gonna see the and and it's just it's not healthy. It, you're you're then kind of polluting your own body with your own um, neg- negative thoughts and and patterns, and then it it creates these like layers and stagnation on top of each other that I was finding hard to shift until I made a conscious effort to to break through that. Yeah, and it's uh, it can be really sticky stuff, but as you're saying, it can also just be as simple as I'm choosing something different. I'm aware of this. I'm choosing something different and just doing that over and over again. And yeah, all of a sudden you look up and your reality is different. Yeah. I'm choosing to walk this way home. Yeah. 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 So if you were to like fire out a couple of tips for budding authors who are listening or or for me who has this idea of writing a book one day, but just doesn't has so many stories lots of like life experiences I could go into just not really knowing where to start what would you Mm -hmm. what would you say to me yeah so I think the most important thing to start with really with any creative endeavor is 
the why, getting connected to the why underneath it. Because we might have this thought of like, oh, I want to write a book or I want to produce a movie. And then you could ask someone, well, why do you want to do that? And you might just get like crickets in your brain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I actually don't know why, but there is something there. There is, uh, there are roots to that seed that's sprouting. Um, So when you are connected to the why, it can reveal things to you about how this thing is supposed to play out. Um, you get to really be in service to that reason why. And it becomes a little bit less about who you are as an artist or what this project means about you. And like, hey, I'm just here in service to this thing that wants to move through me. So getting really connected to that and seeing it less as like, this is my book about me and da, da, da. And more as like, I'm I'm in co-creation with this this energy, this reason why, this intention that wants to go from the unseen into the scene. And I have the power to be the doula um, and birth birth of that into being. Um, and being connected to your why is also really powerful in moments when it's challenging. There are inevitably challenges in the creative journey. Um, and we have to call on different parts of ourselves to move through that. But if it's if it's just about I want to be known as an author and I want to have that title, that's not going to get you through the moments when you're scared of oh my god, what's my mom going to think when she reads this paragraph? And yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when you're in service to the why, it's something bigger than you. It feels bigger than you. It's not about you. Um, so that can definitely help move you through, it can be momentum through those challenging moments. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say start with the why. Mm-hmm. Um, and then something else that comes up for me is I, I went down a really deep Joseph Campbell rabbit hole in the fall. He's awesome. If anyone looks up on YouTube, The Power of Myth with Bill Moyer, it's this talk series. It's so great. Um, it's it's a portal to something else. But he is so big on the hero's journey. And the hero's journey is a part of a lot of great stories. So specifically in storytelling, that could be a really great thing to look at. Of like, what, if, especially if you're writing your own story, like, what is my hero's journey? And I actually realized this in retrospect with my book that I went back and traced the hero's journey. It was just there inevitably because that's kind of how stories are told. Um, but one of the most important things that I see in the hero's journey is finding what is that point where you went from the known into the unknown. Um, and, and that can be a good center of the story. And then you can build out what happened before that and what happened as the aftermath of that. But it really is those shifts from who I know myself to be to, wow, I'm hurtling through space. Who am I going to become? And how am I going to rise to the the challenges and excitements that come from that? Oh, I could listen to you talking about this all day. <laughs> I'm 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 seeing like a big piece of paper. I feel like I need to start with a big piece of paper and get all yeah. like little bubbles with all these different things and yeah. almost different archetypes and people. And I know on the um hero's journey, so I'm I did my degree in film. So there, that was the sort of the filmic arc that we learn. And there's there's always like you know the, the the person that comes in and and helps helps you and gives you that next bit of wisdom to get you to the next place and the next place yeah. and um thank you for bringing that back into my the front of my mind that's that's really good and i can yeah getting visual with it i think is a good way 
Yeah. I loved what you said about a big piece of paper too, because that's something else that I really love to do at the beginning of a new idea is just hang out with the idea as if it's a friend sitting in the room with you. And a piece of paper is almost, um, it's almost like a Ouija board of your capturing, capturing the ideas and just letting it flow through, letting it be really messy because at the end of the day, you understand it. No one else needs to understand what these fields notes say, but make the connections, just draw things out. So I love that you, I love that your mind went there. Oh yeah, definitely. Always life starts with a big piece of paper. For me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I haven't done it enough recently, so I'm going to do it. And then the thing that you were saying about your why, a hundred percent. I believe that's really easy for us to forget sometimes. Mm. And we do fixate on the, I want to become an author or I want to have the amount of followers. I know for me, I had a few false starts with this podcast mm. and I wanted to be that person who had a podcast. That was the reason that I thought it would give me a credibility in my coaching and my podcast wasn't, it wasn't exciting me. I didn't really know what it was. I hadn't found my voice yet mm. until I sat myself down. This time I started with a Notion document and I asked myself a bunch of questions like, why am I doing this? Who is it for? How am I serving? And and it came out of like, okay, it's about New Earth Business. Selfishly for me, I get to connect with all these amazing people kind of get some free coaching and get inspired by the people that I'm having conversations with but ultimately the why behind that is so other people can get inspired with it as well and so we're looking at new earth business as being this whole different paradigm from the old paradigm of of business and branding and, and what it used to be mm. um so we're writing in my why is we're rewriting the rule book on business by having by doing this podcast and I'm getting loads of great nuggets of wisdom <laughs> I'm so here just for that whole concept of I think I think about like 1980s version of business of guys and mad men style and, yeah excel sheets type of thing yeah and it just feels so boring but business is actually first of all, an art form. Second of all, an amazing spiritual journey. And it's just like, it's fun. It's really fun to connect with people. Um, and it's been really amazing to, for myself to have a business where intuition is really at the center of it. And that feels like this totally untapped business tool. So I'm curious how that's come up for you and your business with how, how intuition has been a player at the table. I, the biggest player it is it is what completely leads me I spent quite a lot of money on business coaching courses and coaches mentors this year I'm not doing any coaching I've promised myself I am I want to implement what I have learned but also every time I am doing somebody else's formula in my business it doesn't work and it doesn't feel authentic. Mm -hmm. And so I keep coming back to my intuition. I keep coming back to my weird ass flow, which is not a, really a flow. It's a, it's a stop, start, open, close. It's so feminine. It's, um, I, I can't, I simply can't plan the rest of the year at the moment because of everything that's going on in my life. And mm -hmm. I, and I'm just honoring that. I'm just going to honor this flow. I did my first cacao ceremony at Soho House um, last week. 
and then they've just booked me for three more and one in a different venue um of, of the Soho houses so that's the kind of thing that I'm open to right now it's like these my intuition is going right what is going to feel so good for me what is going to give me energy what do I have energy for and um and then let's see but then there's always that like devil on my shoulder that goes well you should be sending your newsletters mm. regularly well you should be doing a launch for that course that you've created that you're paying a lot of money to host on a platform <laughs> on Kajabi and I'm I'm fed up I'm sick of listening to that that voice <laughs> I'm just not listening to and I have to say I'm not I'm not making a massive amount of money at the moment I am getting by and I am trusting deeply in the flow of life and in the flow of opportunities. And like I said to you before we jumped on this call, I'm in a space of receiving at the moment um, because I'm not working as much as I used to. I'm I'm getting offers for, for free energy healings, for free breathwork coaching. My friend Paris, who's this like very fae-like being coming around to my house yesterday and giving me this oil treatment and then and then just, just fluttering off and disappearing off. I'm like, wow, that is that is more than money to me at the moment. These these experiences of being nourished and being uh, cared for is is way more than the six figures right now um and so yeah that's where my intuition is leading me how about you I love that yeah I want to speak to what you said about receiving real quick of just the non-linearity of it and I think we also think of business as kind of this penetrative thing it's kind of it's masculine but at least half of the business is receiving from other people receiving income and one thing that's been a really amazing little cheat code for me is realizing that receiving can be so nonlinear of it's not like I do this work for you. You give me money and that's it. It's like, I'm doing my, I'm living out my purpose and I trust the universe to surprise and delight me with nourishment from every direction. So mm. it doesn't have to look on a surface level, how we think it's going to look or how we think it's supposed to look. So, I mean, you're, you're doing your purpose and you're open to receiving and just like those two things work so much magic so we love that yes feel it receive it yeah yeah um for me and my business intuition comes in I guess there are those things on my to-do list that I put off <laughs> and I usually put them off for two reasons one is that it's something that's going to be a really cool breakthrough and the little inner critic in my head that wants me to stay small is like don't do that. <laughs> and then I do it and I'm really glad I did it. And something really amazing comes from it. Or it's something that, man, this has been lingering on my to-do list for like six weeks. I actually just don't want to do this, even though that's something, as you're saying, I feel like I should do. One of the most powerful things someone said to me was don't should on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. We're going to pull that one out. <laughs> don't, don't shit on, on yourself. <laughs> and don't shit on other people either. <laughs> yes. Yes. Why do we, why do we do that? Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's kind of, uh, it's not honoring the sovereignty of other people when you say like, oh, you should really do this. Even if you're trying to help, it's like, I, 
okay. Just let them, just let them have their journey. Um, and with yourself too, like just let yourself have your journey, regardless of what the culture and the outside world and all that programming is telling you, you should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while we're on the topic of business, I want to talk a little bit about your website and your branding, which yeah. is stunning. Thank you. Um, and how you've brought all of your facets, your multi-hyphens together mm-hmm. in this one space. So I feel like you've weaved everything together very organically and authentically. How talk talk to me about how you've done that because I'll just add one of the questions that I always get asked by my clients is how can I be all of the things? How can I be a breathwork coach and a photographer? How -hmm. can I be a sex coach and work as a VA, right? This is, and I think you've just done it really beautifully. So talk to me Uh about it. Thank you. Also, side note, I loved your website too. Um, so two two web designers, two brand designers talking to each kind other. Kind of similar. I'm feeling similar vibes. I was like, yeah. oh, she's gone for the blank background. Like mine was totally channeled. And so I, <laughs> I, I, look, I decided not to look at anyone's websites. And uh, and then when we found each other, I was like, oh, it's meant to be. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's definitely been a work in progress to, um, to find that. And that's been a really fun process. Um, and it's, it's been the challenging part has been that I'm so close to it. And I think that's why it's really great to work with a brand designer. Um, although like folks like you and I, we have enough of the know-how and the fascination to kind of go for it ourselves typically. Um, but when I work with other people, they're like, yeah, I'm just way, way too close to it. I can't even see it. Um, so having that moment of self-reflection, but what has been, what makes it feel cohesive, which is one of the most important things I feel with a brand is having cohesion, is there are these different things and honing in on what's the thread that ties these all together. And maybe it's a quality like, um, I was going to say love, but that's kind of, that's a little bit of a blanket statement. Like maybe um, trust is the weave that, the the thread that weaves everything together. Maybe it's a quality, but also I think that in since so many of our brands are personal brands these days and we're the face of it. And people do really connect to the personal brand. Um, you are the thread that weaves it all together. And so honing in on what is, what is the essence of me and how do I express that in a way that I can feel seen and understood and perceived for? Um, so it gets to be also this, this self-reflective journey, but yeah, honing in on what's that golden thread and how can I express that has been the process for me. Um, so for my work, I kind of thought of my business as two separate things, really even three separate things for a while of, I write my, I have my book. That's a thing. I do my mentorship work and my podcast. That's a thing. But then I also design brands and websites and style photo shoots, et cetera. And I'm freelance writer. Um, but I realized the the golden thread between all of this that I hold together is bringing ideas to life. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything I do is um, taking something non-physical, bringing it, bringing it into the physical and being, um, being very intimately connected to the journey from point A to point B in that. Um, so when I was designing my the more of like the visuals of it, uh, especially since launching my book, I, I wanted it to kind of feel like the inside of my journal, like, a 
a scrapbook and process. It has a cut and paste feel. Yeah. Um, because that's where I feel really connected to myself is when I'm scribbling things down in my journal and I have a a newsletter, it's called essence of, um, that's a bit of a new thing. And you can find it at essence of dot Amy and full color.com. Um, and yeah, yay. I'm excited to have you there. Um, and that one has gone even further in that direction where I'll actually handwrite notes and put them in there. Um, and then have, have photos that I've taken, pasted in there. So I, I wanted it to really have this personal touch to it. Uh, so those are kind of things that you can ask yourself if you're trying to, to find how do I express who I am and how do I express all of who I am and tie it all together in a way that makes sense without packaging ourselves too tightly um, is yeah. Look, looking at the essence of that thread. Mm, yeah. And just to add on to that as well, something that I did when I was going through my recent rebrand was to unplug from everybody else's content so I unsubscribed from emails I unfollowed everyone on Instagram I mean you don't have to be this (laughs) serious (laughs) about it Uh, but that really helped me to to hone in on on my why and my message and and also the styling the, the the actual creative styling of it because I I am I love searching for creative references on Pinterest and and just on on the internet in general but then I also find that I can quite easily be copying somebody else's style completely yeah and so that was something that really really helped me anyway I love that. I feel like that touches into this kind of new age of business that we're in where intuition is the key player because there's a lot of other more dated branding strategies that might tell you, look at what the people in your market are doing and like find your own version of that. But it's, it misses like, what's the soul of the business and how does that express itself? Because that's, what's really magnetic. And that's what really, uh, what people connect with on an emotional level. Mm, yeah. yeah. Do you have like a an avatar for your business at all? Like a soul, the soul of your business. Ooh, describe to me what it would look avatar. like if you if you had one. Um. Okay. She is laying in a silky, flowy dress on a hillside by uh, a river, and she's eating raspberries and reading an old poetry book. That's her. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God, this is going to be a new regular question that I ask everybody. <laughs> I love brilliant. that. And that totally, that that kind of came out of nowhere. So I love that. <laughs> oh, I can, see, I can see her there. And I feel like yeah. it, it might even be a painting that I can see. It's a painting yeah. of that image. <laughs> yeah, it's like this feminine loungy in just enjoying the creative aspects of life. Um because I think at the end of the day, that's what we're here for is to just enjoy. This life is a gift. Let's have some fun, not take things too seriously. Definitely. And with it being the Leo full moon right now, I feel like that this is the perfect time to to not take things too seriously. So are there any ways that you can help my listeners if they are kind of coming up to blocks and barriers that are holding them back from being their true authentic brand selves or joyful selves like do you do you have any tips to help people break through that yeah so usually those blocks are built of different experiences we've had often in childhood that 
whatever has led us to feel like we can't express who we fully are. Um, cause that's part of what a brand is. It's an expression of you, especially if it's a personal brand. Um, so I like to really go back to the roots. Actually, I'm going to pull this up right now. Um, for those of you who are watching on video, I did this with a client the other day. This is a drawing of a princess under a rainbow. Amazing. This is what I used to draw when I was like five years old. When I first started, when I graduated from squiggly lines and started <laughs> to actually draw images, I would always draw princesses in these puffy sleeves and they would have hands that are circles with three little sticks coming off of them and big crowns and rainbows. Um, so I was working with a client who was not feeling very playful and wanting to feel more of that. So mm -hmm. we went, we went back in time and connected with that part of us that first started creating, that first started working with ideas and making them real. Um, so going back and letting, letting the inner child be the muse is so much fun. Uh, and even asking that part of yourself, like, Hey, what do you want? What do you need? Can I take you out for ice cream? What would feel supportive? Kind of giving that part of yourself that might've had an experience that felt restrictive, um, giving, giving them the nourishment that they actually wanted. Um, and so that can also look like taking stock of what were those experiences of maybe your third grade teacher was like, that's not how you draw stick figures or whatever. Maybe someone said something, or maybe you looked around and started comparing yourself to other people. Um, so going back to those moments where, where you put those walls up between the way that your voice shines and uh, letting it shine onto the rest of the world. Cause that's a huge part of our gift and our contribution is just authentically being who you are in the moment. That's one of the places where these business and brand journeys can be really personal journeys. Cause it's about being who you are and sharing your gifts with other people. And it's amazing how much stuff we can have kind of built up to keep us from doing that. Mm -hmm, definitely I think something that I found hard myself is to be is to be always like on camera or on Instagram like often I just want to post a picture and then hide away but I know that when you do speak on Instagram stories or, or do little lives then it gets so much more engagement and people can really feel your energy how mm -hmm. are, are you somebody that is finds it easier to get on with the pictures or with or with speaking like what's your what's your vibe I definitely love podcasting it's one of my favorite ways to connect um and I think there is a little bit of like a safety blanket in certain moments like that of like okay they they can just hear my voice but for me that was a good way to tiptoe into being received in other ways like I was just in New York and I I gave a talk in front of a pretty large group of people and I actually didn't feel nervous at all it was amazing. That was partly because I stopped by this cute little wellness shop and was like, I'm about to give a talk. Help me. And they gave me some <laughs> CBD and some Sheila Jeet and all the things. And I was feeling good. <laughs> so I had the help of the herbs. But um, also to just once you begin to put yourself out in little ways, you begin to work that muscle of showing who you are. So I would say starting in really what's the, what's the tiniest way that you can express yourself. That's just at the edge of your comfort zone. Don't cross it. Just go right to the edge. Um, and just being really gentle with yourself, uh, can be, can be really helpful because then down the line, those other things are just like, Oh, that's no big deal. I put myself out there all the time. I'm that kind of person shifting identities through experiences. 
Definitely. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Same for me when I first started speaking on stage or or holding ceremonies, I would get the trembly voice and the knot in my stomach. And then it it would just sort of almost get worse throughout the, the, the speaking session. And now I just go in and and it flows and I and I let spirit speak through me and I let myself be seen in that way. Um, but it was definitely a journey and I think often people focus or fixate on on the end result that they maybe see online that other people are doing and they're like they they kind of forget that that person had their journey as well to getting to that point right there were all those steps along the way which I think is really important for us to show as creators of here I'm on this step. I'm my goal is that step way up there, but like here's where I am. And I'm gonna leave a little trail of breadcrumbs for you to to join with. Um, yeah. And I think it's also important to say with spe- speaking specifically, um, or even if it's online, speaking online to a group of people, even if you're used to it, sometimes the body still has a reaction, and it's just our nervous system kind of doing its job. I've experienced this at some open mic nights where I'm at. I'm sharing a poetry or some poem some poems or a a piece of writing with people. And even if it's a group of people that I know are really accepting kind people, there's something in our DNA of like, I feel 40 eyeballs on me and I feel like prey (laughs) and the body starts to have a reaction. And it's just, it's literally just the body doing its job. So part of that is remembering like, I'm just having a physiological reaction, but actually I'm good. And I'm just going to dive into what I'm here to share and those other things just kind of melt away when you merge yourself into the essence of what you're there to to emit. Oof, mic yeah. drop. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it like that, but you're so right. We are prey when we stood yeah. up there. Yeah. yeah. So like that's so like so much courage too. I just want to congratulate anyone who has made any small attempt to put yourself in out there in any way. Like it does feel like a matter of survival. It's uh-huh. crazy. Even uh-huh. if it's just something as little as posting a picture on Instagram that's maybe a little bit different than what people are expecting, your body has this this reaction. <laughs> and we put too much weight on our mind of like, oh, I'm insecure and not t- telling all these stories about ourselves. But eh, it's just my body doing its thing. I'm going to acknowledge it and do it anyway. Yeah. Thank you for reminding us of that. Yeah. Do you have a piece of writing or a little a little poem or a little one of your spoken word pieces that you can bring out in this moment that is uh, available to you or from your book or something that you would like to share? Yeah, um, there's this one piece that comes to mind that feels relevant to our conversation um, that I feel really great every every time I share it. I'm gonna have to pull it up on here on my computer. Hold um, on. It's called The Artist is Always Working. Um, And I wrote this when we had this crazy snowstorm a couple years ago in Austin. And I was in the process of writing my book and I really wanted to get a lot done on it, but I just had crazy writer's block. Um, And so this piece came through after four days of trying to put my nose to the grindstone that was really about the non-linearity of the creative process um, and the way that everything we do contributes to, to our art. So I will read this piece for you. I need time to roll around on the ground to gentle Spanish songs. 
I need to make loud noises. I need to jump up and down a hundred times each morning because it's good for my lymphatic system. And because why not? I need to text myself grocery lists and spontaneous poems that I'll never share with anyone. This is my way. This is my process. This is how I get by and how I flourish all at once. Surviving and thriving are just two ends of the same stick, and I must do these things to traverse that delicate spectrum. I can't help when it comes through me. I can try to summon it all day long. Candles and binaural beats, journaling exercises and dance breaks. At the end of the day, I work for it. It does not work for me. This dance with creation is out of my control. I am its feminine counterpart. It leads me through tangos and waltzes and Irish jigs. It dazzles me beneath the disco ball, and then it leaves me there in the middle of the dance floor. High for a while, then high and dry for even longer. Is that just a part of its magic? Belonging? The lack of control? My mother would never advise me to devote myself to a relationship in which I must always be available for the other to come and go as they please. But I can't help myself. I'm drunk in love. I'm addicted to the way creation touches my body and moves these hands and this heart in its mystical rhythm. While it's away, I mourn it. I prepare for it. I conjure it. Just when I've given into the mundane silence left in its wake, it ignites. Oh, how inconvenient it is. It keeps me up until 2 a.m., caressing keys and hitting return with my pinky finger. It stops me in the middle of the crosswalk and demands that I record the singular divinity of the woman in the orange dress with the orange hair as she flutters past me, her heels clicking against the hot summer pavement. Upon creation, I struggle to resist the ego's call to step back and look it over and pat myself on the back and scheme just how to capture and caption it for exportation. Spirit whispers to me, why can't this just be our little secret? Don't you see how sacred this moment is? Does the return really balance out the investment of my creative endeavors? My productivity programming wants to know. It all comes down to a matter of evaluation. How precious is a divine transmission? What price do you put on the ability of your fingertips to move as fast as your mind? The process of creating art is a protest against productivity culture. Investment and return are nonlinear and incalculable. Art is rarely efficient. There must be snack breaks and dance breaks and roll around on the floor like a potato breaks. Days at a time, even weeks go by and nothing is officially accomplished. But the writer, the artist, the dancer, she is working at all times. She allows thoughts and forms to dance in her mind, chewing them over, sipping in miniature downloads at a time. Yes, the artist is working at all times. When she's out eating noodles with a new friend, cleaning the kitchen sink, listening to grandma tell the same story about her road trip through Mexico in 1943, kissing necks, sucking fingers, or rewatching teen dramas on YouTube way too late in the night. She is working. It's impossible to know how these things will meld together into art. It's not the artist's job to know. It's the artist's job to participate in life and to witness the way it moves through her being with as much honesty as she can muster. Oh, you've got tingles all over my yeah. body. Wow. <laughs> that was a transmission. It was for me too. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it and this podcast. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. I, I love this piece and I fall in love with it more every time because it, it feels like a gift that came through me for me to support really my journey the rest of my life. And, um, I read this for a client the other day in a session, um, in a mentorship session and had them as part of their homework to write your own version of this. It's like, for me, it's, um, watching old YouTube teen dramas. I was watching Skins. Did you watch Skins when you were a teen? Yeah. yeah. Um, at the time that I wrote this or, um, you know, eating noodles with a friend, cleaning the kitchen sink. And I said, what's your version of this? Fill in the blanks for you and write your own version of the artist is always working. What is your nonlinear version of this look like? Cause we all have our own own journey of that. Um, so if anyone wants to read back through that and look and have that process, you can find it at the artist is always And I'll give that to you, Emma, for the show now, notes. Now pop it in the show notes. Yeah. I'm gonna go away and do this homework, heart work. Yes. yes. Yeah. Ooh, heart work. I call it home play sometimes, but I actually love heart work. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um I I just felt myself in it. I I was I was the one rolling around on the floor listening to soft <laughs> Spanish music. You had me from the first line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing how oh how how what words can do right? What words it can do? What, how they can make me feel so seen? Yeah. It's like my process got got so seen. I feel like we have a, a similar process in that and. I think I would only change a few words, <laughs> but no, no, I would have my own. Yeah, 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 just to to hear it laid out like that, to know that we're not alone in this creative soup that uh, we get ourselves into as um, as creators and business owners. Yeah. And I think it also speaks to one of those other little blocks that the inner critic will put up that stop us from going into a creative experience is this thing around productivity. Um of a lot of, a lot of us have the story that we've been given by maybe our parents, our teachers, society at large, that art is fluff and you should really focus on more serious things, uh, or you can never make a living being an artist. Um, so there's two ways to go about that of working with the productivity programming. One is the undoing of it, of like, you know what, I don't have to be productive all the time. But there's also a way of that doesn't always really get the job done because it's it's quite stubborn. Um, so I like to work with it and be like, trick it into into seeing that actually I'm being very productive by leaning into my soft, creative, emotional, nonlinear side. Because when I go scribble on the ground, when I really should be getting that thing done for a client who I have a deadline on Friday an idea comes through that makes what I'm going to deliver to them way more powerful. Or if I think I need to be finishing up one project or sending an email, but my body is asking for a nap or to just lay down and read for a little bit, I'm recharged and I'm able to just provide so much more. Um, so tricking ourselves into seeing that these things that have been labeled as unproductive are actually so necessary to the process and have a lot to do with the quality of what comes through versus just a quantity, which we're kind of trained for, unfortunately. I agree. I agree. I recently went and took all of my Yule decorations that I had in my house that were like natural ones. I'd taken them from, from nature in the first place and I was meant to do all this stuff at home. And I thought, no, I'm going to go out to the forest and put these back where they belong. And I ended oh. up creating this little mandala and sat with it and meditated for a while. And that was 
you know, I didn't have to go and do that. It was just something that kind of channeled through. There was a force stronger than me just telling yeah. me to do this and and recognizing the the reciprocity of of giving back to the earth after it gave me such beauty in in my home. And uh, productivity would say that that is not productive. But after <laughs> I came back and I and I channeled a poem and posted it online and loads of old friends got in touch with me checking in on me to see how I was and that was just like this the cycle of productivity doesn't have to look how it how you think it looks it comes in many different forms that's just so enchanting I love that you did that and I think it really speaks to the the surrender and the trust that is um I mean, the word necessary is coming through, but also just like such a delight. It's such a delight to surrender into that and um, just watch yourself be caught in, mm. in a warm embrace. Yeah, I I do. I feel like that at the moment. I keep being caught by the most divine human beings, yourself included. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to start wrapping up now. I I don't usually ask people this, but because you are a writer yourself, do you have any book recommendations apart from your own book, obviously, which uh-huh. we're going to link to? Um, what's inspiring you at the moment? What are you reading? Mm, okay. I went to the library the other day and I found this book called, I think it's called The Gift of Years. And it is a book written for people who are age 70 plus. <laughs> and I'm 26, <laughs> almost 27. Um uh, but I was so drawn to this and uh, that has been really inspiring because it's a book about how to make the most of your golden years, essentially, um, how to how to grow old gracefully. But I'm at that point. I think that aging isn't something that just happens when we turn 65. It's something that's happening along the way. So I was like noticing a few cute little lines in my face and I've had gray hairs cropping, cropping up for a while. So that was really inspiring. And it actually inspired a, a piece that I sent out on my newsletter um, about aging. That's that's up on my site if anybody wants to read it. Um, so that book was very inspiring for me um, in the nonfiction realm, but I'm a huge fiction lover. I I love fiction so much and I kind of fell back in love with it while I was writing my book, like The Sun at Midday. Um, and I am currently so that that influenced my process for that book of I want this to have the texture of my favorite fiction books where you just lose yourself in the story because that's one of the best things a book can do in my opinion is you kind of forget yourself and you you are in this world. Um but currently the fiction series that I am obsessed with is actually a teen I think it's made for teens. I I went to go buy the next book and it was like in the youth fiction section like okay. <laughs> But it's um it's a Court of Thorns and Roses series by um I forget her first name oh Sarah J Moss with two A's uh it's it's kind of like Game of Thrones but less violence more magic um and has like I was just surprised it was in the youth section for teens because it's like a very sexy book. <laughs> It's a very sexy book, um, but I've just been escape- escaping into this fantasy realm lately, and they're all like 700 pages long each, so it's been a deep dive, um, but yeah, fantasy has has somehow wrapped me up around its little finger lately. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I have never really been into fantasy books, like easily watch a film, and 
what I realized was I was getting, so I would go to bed with quite heavy like books about trauma about right. healing, and, <laughs> and then wonder why I couldn't get to sleep. And my partner for ages has been nagging me. He's like, just read, he reads a lot of fiction. I said, just read something, just read something. And finally I have got um, into a book called Circe, mm. which is about the goddess Circe. And um, I can't remember the name of the, the writer, but I'll put it in the in the show notes. And I've actually noticed it's been really helping with my writing when I'm coming to write a newsletter. Oh. And so it's I'm not surprised that you are into fiction because it, it translates within your writing as well, because you yeah. know how to how to create story. Mm. these like self-help books can be quite dry in their in their delivery whereas yours is a it's, it's a real real journey and you're you're feeling the the peaks and the troughs and the, uh, yeah. the the valleys and the rivers kind of thing for sure and I think storytelling is such an amazing skill to have in general as um as a creative and just as a business owner too um because it's something that it captures the human attention. It's like our psyches were almost made for stories um, because we really are living in one great story. So even if you're in a, a business meeting and or you're talking about telling the story of your business, it's so uh, it's so powerful and it's engaging. So that could be an interesting thing too for, for listeners to kind of meditate on and even pull out the journal and practice with is like, what's my story here? And again, thinking about that, what was that moment where I went from the known to the unknown? Why is, where's the power that's inside of this and how can I build a story around that? Mm, yes. Great nugget of wisdom to leave yeah. us on there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My final question is what does new earth business mean to you? What does mm. it look like? Yeah. I'm getting some utopian visions right now. We're all just uh, holding hands and singing Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's symbiosis is what comes up for me of um, symbiosis between each other, symbiosis with the earth uh, and acting in ways that have this sense of reverence for this mother that we come from. And I love thinking about the earth as a body and we're just we're like cells in her body. Um, so how can the way that we spend our days and the things that we do be really in, in reverence and gratitude to this place that we come from um, that provides so much for us and literally like our bodies are made from. Um, but the earth is also such an amazing muse. So I think I think she wants us to play with her. Just like your story of bringing your, your Yule decorations back out to the forest and making it beautiful. Like, oh my gosh, I bet the earth delighted in that so much. Like she wants to feel our bare feet on her grass. She wants to feel us jump into her rivers. And so just, just engaging with that um, is something that I see in, in the symbiosis of being really cared for and trusting that that care is there because we are cells in her body. She's going to take care of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for that reflection. Ah, so we've come to the end of our podcast. Um, how can my people connect with your people and do all of the finding you on online, on social? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the 
one place that I'm most excited to connect with people and where I'm sharing my heart the most is through my email list. So you can find that, like I said, essenceof.amyandfullcolor.com. Each month I do a, a essay style piece that explores the essence of one specific topic. So it's this fun deep dive and I include poems and photos and even some songs that tie into that. So that's just a really fun way to, to receive my writing and my, my heart work. Um, and then also if you're, if you're into podcasts, I feel like people who listen to podcasts are always on the look for other podcasts. So I have the In Full Color podcast that's available on Apple and Spotify, and we can provide the links for those, of course. Um, and then, yeah, the the hub of my all of my work is amyinfullcolor.com. So you can connect with me there. I'd be happy to hear from y'all. Amazing. Uh, this conversation has been off the scale <laughs> for me. I feel like I've learned so much. I have, I feel like I've got a step closer to actually physically writing something. In fact, I did a blog post. My, I've done blog posts in the past and then like hidden them on my website. Uh-huh. I've gone through another brand, <laughs> like level up. <laughs> Uh, or sort of changed my tune a little bit. And now I, I have that space for, for my blog post. So just having this conversation with you has given me a little bit more trust in in myself and trust in in sharing my, my writing in that way. So I just want to say thank you for doing yeah. that. Yeah, oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I feel like so much of what I want to do is just get people to the creative moment. And once you're there with the piece of paper and the pen in your hand, it takes care of itself. Um, so I love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you, Emma, for having me on. I love talking to you. It's been amazing. We shall do it again. We'll we'll do a part two soon. Yeah, I would love that. (laughs) All right. Speak soon. Bye. How can we spend more time in gratitude and reverence? Beautiful words from Amy. Ah, well, what an epic episode that was. I'm feeling high off Amy's vibrations and her transmission. I'm just really, really excited to get started on that book now. I mean, well, who knows what it's going to be, but it will, um, it'll be something. A little bit of juice about what's going on before we totally wrap up this podcast so I am now offering business consulting I'm calling it conscious creative consulting for your soul business and it's similar to my coaching offering it's eight sessions and there's a couple of different price ranges that you can go for depending on where you're currently at and it is a place to be fully held to be fully seen in wherever you're at on your business journey using and tapping into my knowledge my 10 years of knowledge in branding marketing design energy work organic marketing and the understanding of people that you uh, only get from somebody's you can't say that word whose human design is a reflector. So I invite you to head over to my website to the consulting section. So you click on offerings, go down to consulting. I'll leave this also in the show notes so you can have a little look there. 
um, read the page, see how you feel. I am so open to having lengthy conversations with you about whether business consulting is right for you. So feel free to send me a message, jump on a call, do all that good stuff. And yeah, let's see how I can help you move and transform and step into that next space that you that you want to be in that you're ready for or get you ready for I think that's all that I've got this sleepy Saturday morning as I record the intro and outro for this episode and um, I look forward to seeing you in the next one